But God has a word for us today. So we're wrapping up this journey that we've been going on, this series titled Holy Roar, where we have been talking about the way that we praise God. And so I'm going to do exactly like we've done with each week. We're going to start out by reading Psalm 100. So if you're willing and able, I'm going to invite you to stand again in honor of God's word this morning. Do you have it memorized yet, church? (laughs) Getting there, right? If you can follow along on the screen, hear the word of our Lord. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with tehillah. Give thanks to him and barak his name. For the Lord is good. Amen. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. The word of our Lord. You can be seated. Oh, man. May we let the words of that psalm just compel us forward in our learning about praise. So he's been on this journey. Week one, we talked about the impact of praise. And if you remember, we read 2 Chronicles 20 and the story of Jehoshaphat leading the people of God to worship before the battle. And what happened, church? Everybody crumbled because they worshiped. And so we're reminded that praise changes things. Praise builds our faith and postures our hearts to receive the peace of God. And our worship is truly our best method of warfare. As we lift the praises of God, the enemy crumbles. And aren't you thankful it's that easy? (laughs) Amen? Week two, we began talking about the seven Hebrew words that describe how the people of God have worshipped and how we are invited to do so today. If you remember, we talked about how there are different Greek words for love that all get translated into our one English word for love, and that can be complicated because my love for sushi is different than my love for Mark Hall, right? And so a similar space we find ourselves in with the word praise. There are seven Hebrew words that are all translated into our one English word, praise. And so we get a broader picture of this concept of praise when we look at those seven words. As I've said every week, our hope is that we might anchor our praise practices to Scripture, amen, and be transformed by that which the people of God have engaged in really since the beginning of God's story. We're thankful. Worship has always been central to the people of God. So let's begin by reviewing the six words. Are you ready to practice your Hebrew? Ready to go? 
We're going to go over the six words, and then I will joyfully introduce you to the final word. So the first word we learned was yada. Say that with me. Yada. The hands of praise. And this means to revere or worship with extended hands, to hold out the hands, to throw a stone or arrow. And if you remember, it was used 111 times in the Old Testament. And it's this idea of being so overwhelmed by the glory and majesty of God that your hands shoot out like they would when you throw a stone. What a picture. Let's read a verse that uses yada. This is Psalm 67, verse 3. May the nations yada you, O God. Yes, may all the nations yada you. I'm a part of the nations. May we all yada the Lord. The second word, Halal, say it with me, halal. This is the fools of praise, which means to boast, to rave, to shine, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. Interestingly, this is the primary word for praise. It's where we get our word hallelujah. Let's read a place where it's referenced in the Psalms. This is Psalm 149, verse 3. It says this, let them halal his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp to be clamorously foolish. Now, I found some examples of this. I hope this will resonate with you. I know nothing about that which we are about to watch, but I think some of you will. So let's watch an example of some secular halal. Are you ready? Go for it. Amen? Teens, can you hook us up? I mean, TikTok has got to have some. You can teach us all. We'll have some tutorials next week. They're like embarrassed. They're like, please, no. I'm serious. I, I trust you. So that was halal, the fools of praise. The next word was zamar. Let's practice it together. Zamar. This is the music of praise. It embodies this idea of making music, to celebrate in song and music, to touch the strings or parts of a musical instrument. And so with this word, we acknowledge the gift of the act of making music and how not only partaking in making music, but also listening to others make music is a part of our praise. It's used 41 times in the Old Testament. Let's read a psalm where it's used. This is Psalm 144, verse 9. It says this, I will sing a new song to you, O Lord. I will sing your zamar with a tin-stringed harp. 
So we can be extra thankful for our musicians that God have, has blessed us with who help us practice zamar. The next word was toda. Ready? Let's do it. Toda. This is the expectation of praise. It means an extension of the hand, thanksgiving, a confession, a sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving for things not yet received, a choir of worshipers. This is that word that embodies the way and the choice to worship when it's really hard. And we've all been there. Let's read a psalm that uses this word. This is Psalm 56, verses 11 through 12. It says, in God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render toda to you. Amen, amen. So toda really embodies those moments when we feel out of control. We worship the one who is in control. Amen, church? The next word was Barak. Practice it with me. Barak. This is the posture of praise. It means to kneel, to bless God as an act of adoration, to praise, to salute, to thank. Let's read where this was used in the Psalms. This is Psalm 72, verse 11, and then we're jumping to verse 15. It says this, yes, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him, and he shall live, and the gold of Sheba will be given to him. Prayers also will be made for him continually, and daily he shall be Barak. This sense that every nation, every king, will bow before the throne of the one true king. That is Barak. With that word, we talked about how our body posture impacts our heart, heart posture. And sometimes we need to shift our body posture so that our heart will, will shift as well. The next word is tahila. Everybody practice it with me. Tahila. This is the songs of praise. And it means laudation a hymn, a song of praise, a new song, a spontaneous song. This word is used 57 times in scripture and over half of those are in the Psalms. Let's read an example. This is Psalm 22 verse 3. I love this verse. It says, yet you are holy, enthroned on the Tehillah of Israel. On those deep, heartfelt moments of worship, worship that comes from the depths of our souls, those praise enthrone the King of Kings. I have a clip for this as well, and this scene always makes me cry, so here we go. Second time crying today, but this is such a good example of Tehillah. Well, what is that? Oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, Lord. See, I told you, Elizabeth, I told you that God would fight for you. Oh, Jesus. All right, baby, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> devil, you just got your butt kicked. Mm -hmm. My God is 
in charge. You can't fire him, and he'll never retire. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. My God is good. My God is good, and he's faithful. You know what? You know why that makes me cry? Say it. Because that's what I want my daughter to see in my house. You know, that mom and dad stopped their lives to worship the Lord. Amen? So, we've looked at six words. We have one final word. And that video that we just watched really leads us so well into this final word. If you're ready for it, say, I'm ready. Oh, they're ready. The final Hebrew word is Shabbat. Practice it with me. Shabbat. This is the shout of praise. It means to address in a loud tone, to shout, to commend glory and triumph. Quite literally, this word Shabbat means to raise a holy roar. It's used 11 times in the Old Testament. Every time it's used, it has a powerful effect. As we go to the psalm, one of the psalms where it's used, it's important to note that this came from David himself while he was in the wilderness of Judah. So once again, in a season of difficulty, this is how David responded. Follow on the screen with me. This is Psalm 63, verses 1 through 4. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will shabak you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Mm. I think from this psalm, we can see in King David that even in dry places, even in those desert seasons in our life where things are difficult, David resolved to live out his days by lifting a shout of praise to God. I think David had experienced what we can all testify, that we are intentional to choose to worship. Our hearts began to shift. And so David mirrors that. I wonder, church, if we could just admit or maybe even notice in ourselves that at times there might be this impulse inside of us to shout God's praises. I don't know. Well, I do know. I definitely have those impulses. (laughs) That's for sure. But I, I wonder if the people of God have ever given into such an impulse. You're right, they have. Let's look at scripture. This is Ezra chapter 3, verse 11. Hear the word of our Lord. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love towards Israel endures forever. 
And all the people gave a great shabak, a great shout of praise to the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Now, in context, this was a monumental moment in their together journey as the people of God. It was a moment when it felt almost instinctual to rejoice in the Lord. Something that they had been hoping for, planning for, finally happened. And their natural response was together as the people of God to shout for joy. I love that. It felt that that instinct to rejoice was natural. The people together burst out in Shabbat. So this is in your notes. I think this will ring true for us too, that lifting a shout of praise together is a natural reaction to the greatness of God. I think if we can dig through cultural norms and things that inside of us is this instinctual prompting to worship God with a loud voice sometimes, to lift up praises when he blows our minds, to shout when we feel so broken that we think getting louder might allow God to hear us better, Y'all, that's Shabbat too. Crying out to the one who can come through. So lifting a shout of praise together, I believe, is a natural reaction to the greatness of God. I definitely notice in myself some impulses. I, I experienced it today. It led me to tears, right? Particular songs that name the resurrection power of our Lord or that reference the holiness of God. As the song builds, I can feel myself compelled to just clap, to rejoice, to shout, because it's like my whole body is noticing that singing isn't enough, that he deserves more, more of me. Moments when this happens corporately, when we're together worshiping God, perhaps it's in those moments that we mirror that Ezra passage, that we join the people of God who have been shouting his praises since the beginning of time. You may even notice that at the end of a song, we might naturally break out into a hand clap of praise, right? Pastor Mark might even encourage that at times. He might say something like, let's lift up shouts of praise to our God. That is a corporate Shabbat. And and let me just say this. Sometimes that can feel a little awkward at the end of a song, like to start clapping. Please know that we are not applauding the worship team. And they know we're not. Amen, worship team? They know because they're joining us too. That applause is all of us at the moment of a concluding moment of worship that was meaningful. Applauding the king together that we just lifted our voices to. So don't ever feel like we're just another concert where we clap at the end of each song. No, 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 no. I think we clapped for God first. And that's what we're doing. 
So together we can conclude these moments of worship and song with a corporate Shabbat to our God. And I just want you to know that in this space, don't be shy. We welcome it. We welcome those expressions of adoration and praise that well up inside you. I wouldn't think twice if we got some hankies waving. Just come on with it. This concept of Shabbat is definitely personal in many ways. However, that's not all of it. The shortest psalm in the book of Psalms reminds us of its place among the people of God corporately, the together people of God. Look at Psalm 117 with me. Halal, the Lord, all you nations. So be clamorously foolish, all you nations. Shabbat him, shout, all you people of the earth. For his unfailing love for us is powerful. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Halal the Lord. All of Christianity, all of our journey of faith is both personal and communal. Shabbat is no different. These acts of praise are no different. All people are called to raise a holy roar. I love that psalm because two of the craziest moves of praise in the Hebrew language are in one verse. All nations, be clamorously foolish. All you peoples, shout for joy. I mean, it doesn't get much clearer than that, church, right? You know, our, our culture is really good at Shabbat. There are as examples of cultural Shabbat everywhere we turn. I'm, I'm going to show you an example, and I just have to forewarn you, this moment pains me deeply. Pains me deeply, but I promise I will redeem it. Cultural Shabbat, my friends. Here's the This is going to be a tough play. now. I am not a Cubs fan. In fact, I am the exact opposite. Straight up holy hater right here. <laughs> However, that was an incredible example of Shabbat. Poor things were in a drought. You know what I'm saying? I think it had been something like a hundred years, right? <laughs> Thank you, Bill. And they lifted up some secular Shabbat right there, right? This cultural Shabbat that we just saw, it's the most vivid example of Shabbat I could find. And church, let me just be blunt, right? We're so willing to do it when a man takes a wooden bat and hits a white ball and scores some points. 
But when God is almighty, all-powerful, comes through for us, we think golf clap will do. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Amen? He's worthy of that and much more. Whew. I'll never forget this moment, which is relevant in this recent tour by T. Swizzle herself. But in my younger days, I went to a Taylor Swift concert. And I'll never forget the weekend because um, I was at a women's conference before and it was in a sold out stadium and I remember it was just a moment of wreckedness for me. And we spent hours in this stadium with women just lifting their voices in praise, hands raised, just adoring the Father. And then I went straight from there to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I went to a Taylor Swift concert and I was in the nosebleed section. So I had a good view. And I remember getting there, and I almost couldn't even enjoy it because I saw the same picture that I had just seen in a different arena, except the person we were worshiping was not the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, I got past it and had a blast, but it was such a good reminder to me that if I am willing to be clamorously foolish for a pop sensation, how much more is God worthy of my praise? And it changed me forever. I can remember my upbringing was such a blessing. I'm so thankful. I, I can remember, though, in my upbringing, having this unintentional sense that, like, Oh, there, there, sweet thing. You'll mature out of this and gain composure of yourself. This, like, fire that is inside of you, you'll mature out of it, and you'll become demure and calm about Jesus. And I was just like, no, 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 no. Shouldn't it be the exact opposite, church? That the more we mature, the more we know God, the more we love God, that we actually become more and more foolish in our adoration, not more quiet about it. Now, you'll notice in me, there are times when I'm, I lament, and I weep, and I kneel, and I light candles, and I recite prayers. But church, you can expect out of me, there will be times when I shout, and when I dance, and when I wave my hands, amen? Because God is worthy of it all. So every time we gather as the people of God, week after week, to praise him, one voice united with one another, Songs become anthems. Anthems become declarations over our lives. And those declarations become a holy roar. One of the beautiful things about Shabbat is that it transcends geography, right? It transcends languages. 
But in particular, it's this holy roar that seems to reach from one generation to another. Listen to this psalm. This is Psalm 145, verse 5. It says this. One generation shall shabak your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. There's this sense in the psalmist that in our praise, in our worship, in our celebration, in our shouts of faith, we pass on the faith from generation to generation. Now that can seem almost intangible and ooey-gooey spiritual, but let's make it tangible for a moment. And please hear my heart in this church. Apathy says something. Passivity says something, right? A life surrendered to God combined with this evident, full-bodied praise of this God whom we claim is all-powerful. That speaks highly too. And I wonder, as perhaps we can get cynical and we sit back and we look at the coming generation and we wonder if they've wandered too far, Or we look at the next generation and we're displeased with the way in which they seem uninterested in faith. I wonder if we must take a moment and be soberly reminded that perhaps our praise choices told them a story we wish it didn't. Our praise practices maybe told them that God really isn't as powerful as we say he is, that he's really not as worthy as he is. And I just wonder if we could get our whole bodies, our obedience, our worship, what we say, what we do, aligned with the truth of how big God is, if it wouldn't go really far with those we're hoping to invite to join the journey. I think it matters. I think being willing to shout the praises of our God solidifies that he really is as big and as mighty and as powerful and as holy as this word says he is. Shabbat, the shout of praise. One of the ways we join generation after generation in the full body act of praising the King of Kings. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and prepare to lead us in the very act of praise that we've been talking about. And as they prepare, I want to wrap up this whole series with this idea of the practice of praise. Because the reality is, we want to become a people who praise day in and day out as just a part of who we are. That just like that sweet lady in War Room, that every moment of the day is an opportunity to praise. So this is in your notes. 
I hope that you've seen as we journey through these seven Hebrew words that as the people of God, we are a people of praise. As scripture shows us how central this idea of praise is through God's word, that we recognize that when we chose to follow Jesus, we became a people of praise. As I said, we join generation after generation of God's people in this physical, full-body act of worship. We do it when we share the Lord's Supper. We do it when we pray together. We do it when we lift our hands in worship. When we lift up shouts of praise. One could maybe say that praise is required of the people of God. Now that's not a fun word. Nobody likes to be told this is required, right? So maybe the better way to say that is this is just what we do. It's required in the sense that once you follow Jesus, like praise is just what you do. Because when the king of kings is on the throne of your heart, worship spills out because we were created to do so. So when we love God the way we were intended to love him, that worship naturally comes. The truth is, I think so often we have some sort of barrier in our life keeping us from worshiping freely. And so the whole journey over the last five weeks was just to get rid of some of those barriers so that we might have biblical basis for just being a people of praise. That our praise might become a whole being daily practice. Listen to this declaration David made in Psalm 119. This is verse 164 and 65. David says this, seven times a day. How many times, church? How many? That is straight inconvenient, right? Seven times a day, I halal you for your righteous laws. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Think about that literally, church, which I think David had a literal practice of pausing seven times a day. But David was intentional about pausing to pray, pausing to praise the Lord in his rhythm. Was that disruptive? Or was it constantly reorienting his heart to the Father? Was it distracting? He had work to do, a card to punch? Probably. Or was it constantly revealing the goodness of God to his soul so that he lived out of that overflow? Let's review all seven words. I've got them all up on the screen for you here. You can see the hands of praise, the fools of praise, the music of praise, the expectation of praise, the posture of praise, songs of praise, the shout of praise. It's my hope that these words just free us to be defined by this type of praise. 
that there is freedom in this space as we establish our own practices of praise, that we will be open to these kinds of impulses within us. What would happen, church, if you decided seven times a day to do what David did? What about one time a day? I mean, really, one time a day would probably really shift our hearts. So as Pastor Mark and the team, they lead us in an anthem of praise, I want to orient our hearts once again to Psalm 100. Such a powerful psalm of praise. I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we prepare to reflect. Hear the word of our Lord, church. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with Tehillah. Give thanks to him and Barak his name. Would you read this out loud with me? For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. The word of our Lord. And with that, as I pray, we're going to worship the Lord. Altars are open. There is freedom in this place. Let's seek the Lord. Almighty God, have your way in this place. Oh, God, we just, we want to be all yours. And God, I, I know that when, when my body is not physically free to just worship you, there's something going on in my heart that's not free either. And so, God, would you just examine us, know our hearts, set us free through the peace of your truth. And God, may the sweetness of your spirit just be in this place as we turn to you and we worship the King of Kings who is worthy of all praise. We love you, Lord. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen.